Thanks for joining me today on The Path Podcast, where today's episode is one-on-one with Mike. And the focus of today's episode is all around rotation training. This, in my opinion, is one of the biggest missing things in fitness or conditioning or sports routines. So many of the strength and conditioning programs, irregardless of the goal, tend to be more linearly focused. They focus on more classic movements and not to say that there's not a place, for example, for the squat, the bench, the deadlift. But when we look at athleticism, longevity, resiliency, we need to be able to move in multiple movement planes and multiple movement patterns. And this was really illuminated in my life, the gap that I was experiencing when I first started learning the Bulgarian bag. And so in today's episode, you're going to get to learn some of the benefits benefits of integrated movement training, primal movement patterns, the humbling moment I had that illuminated that gap, and then where and when a tool like the Bulgarian bag can fit into anybody's training. Now let's get right into the show. Just this morning, I was doing a training a client and who's also a dear friend of mine on the Bulgarian bag. This guy's uh, a very good mover, strong, but he never really worked with the Bulgarian bag before, and it was humbling for him. And I got to see him work through his own awkwardness with the movement and learning this tool and all the things that come with it. And since that session this morning, it brought me back to a very humbling moment when I first started using the Bulgarian bag. And so we're looking, oh man, maybe like 12-ish years ago. And I'll never forget this. This was at a time in my life when I was transitioning from powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting. I was just getting into kettlebells and kettlebell sport, or at least more competitive. And so we're looking at over plus or minus 12 plus years ago. And so at this time, when I was competing in powerlifting, I felt really strong on the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. Uh, My body weight at the time was plus or minus 178 pounds. My best lift on the deadlift was 615 pounds. On the squat, it was 605. And then on the bench press, it was 473. So respectable numbers, especially for that body weight. So I felt very strong. But one of the things that I noticed as I was transitioning from those type of movements, which happen in the sagittal plane, we say, so front to back. If you think about the squat, the bench, and the deadlift, there's really no rotation that happens and there's no side bending or lateral movement. It's just straight up and down the middle. And so when I first got into kettlebells, man, it was awkward. It was challenging. It challenged me, my balance centers, my coordination, flexibility, and strength through all of these awkward positions. So it challenged me and I felt like a fish out of water. But that brings me back to what I wanted to share here was this humbling moment. Uh, Again, in the early days of kettlebells, I took my very first Bulgarian bag workshop. This was in San Francisco, California. I don't even remember what the facility name was, but it was a guy who had just gotten his level one certification. And he was putting on, I believe it was a three-hour long workshop. And so it was my brother and then a friend of mine, Mark, who's a very high-level black belt in jiu-jitsu, we all wanted to take this workshop. So we show up thinking, uh, I don't want to say thinking like we're hot shit, but thinking like we got this. I mean, we, we, we train, we all do kettlebells, Mark's a jiu-jitsu guy, uh, I've got a powerlifting background, my brother's a good athlete. And one of the first things, one of the first things that we go through in this workshop was something called the spin test. And I'm going to break down exactly what it is. 
Uh, and so basically, you decide on whatever Bulgarian bag weight you want to use. This was actually a workout inspired by former Navy SEAL Steve Nave, who's since passed away. He was one of the first educators of the Supless or the, the inventors of the Bulgarian bag system with, with this tool. And basically what it is, it's a very simple workout. It's just 10 spins to the left, which is a full 360 degree movement. You swing the bag in front of the body, it moves to the side, around and behind the head, and then you repeat that 10 reps to one direction. Then you go 10 reps to the other direction. You set the bag on the floor and then you pump out five, no, I'm sorry, you pump out 10 reps to the floor. So it's 10 spins left, 10 spins right, 10 push-ups on the floor. And you do that five times. So it's five rounds of that. So this was one of the first things we got put through when we got there. And I'll never forget how challenging, how awkward, how humbling it was. I was huffing, puffing, could barely even open my hands after that because my forearms were so pumped. And even though we learned some other skills during that day, I remember going into that that little workout. It basically should take, if you're in decent conditioning shape, it should take about three and a half minutes to perform. If you get shorter than three minutes, that's a really good marker. Uh, I don't even think I probably made five minutes, but I was trying my damnedest. And I'll remember, I remember for freaking felt like weeks after I was sore. And I was sore in all of these places that I had never felt before. The, the, my side body, so my obliques, my ribs, my, my, the front of my body, my abs, my groin, my grip, my shoulders, my neck, you name it. I was sore, but it wasn't a soreness that I was used to. And that brings me to really what I want to dive into today. In addition to sharing this, this humbling story uh, with you, and it's a lot of times, one of the biggest missing links in so many of our fitness routines, and I am no um, exception to this, and that story hopefully illustrates it, is if we want to be athletic, if we want to be resilient, if we want to have a high level of performance, whether we're a competitive athlete or not, there's certain fundamentals that all of us as human beings need to take seriously or at least incorporate into whatever training routine you're doing if you want it to be well-rounded, if you want to focus on longevity, if you want to focus on performance. And one of the biggest neglected aspects in training routines is so many of us just train linear. So think squat, bench, deadlift, those front-to-back movements where you're primarily moving pretty much in a straight line. The problem is, is life doesn't happen in straight lines. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find, if you go out in nature, you'd be hard-pressed to find ever a straight line. Everything moves through angles and, and curves. And so this rotational element, when we look at three planes of movement that are necessities for human movement, you've got the sagittal plane, which is front to back, which we've already discussed. You've got the lateral plane, or I'm sorry, the frontal plane, which is lateral or side to side movement. And then you've got the transverse plane, which is rotational movement. So all of these, those three components, those three planes of movement are absolutely essential for performance, for health, and for longevity, for well-being. The problem is the vast majority of all of us and people engaging in strength and conditioning programs or fitness routines, I would probably say 90 to 95% only happens front to back. 
We rarely ever train side to side, and we rarely, if ever, train rotation. Now, if you look at just some of the daily activities that involve rotation, I mean, it's as simple, and this is with or without load, without weight. But just take, for example, getting out of bed. When you're on your back and you reach over and you basically kind of do like a side crunch or a side rotational sit-up to sit up on the edge of your bed and get yourself up in the day, that's a rotational movement. When you think about when you get into your car, you typically put one, you stand on one foot, you lift the other, you move your body laterally or sideways into the car, and then you rotate to grab either the handle that's typically uh, uh, right on your door or grabbing the steering wheel. That's a rotational movement. Think every single time you reach to grab a cup out of your kitchen cabinet. That's a rotational movement. And then think about all the sports and activities that so many of us love and enjoy and look at the rotational component. If you throw a punch, you are rotating. So boxing, MMA, if you're doing any jujitsu, any type of grappling, golf, baseball, just throwing a ball, hitting a ball, hockey, softball, all of these activities, the dominant plane that is required to move well is the rotational plane, is the transverse plane. And so few of us actually train it. And in the words of my mentor, Paul Check, um, if you can't, you must. And so oftentimes people simply don't train rotation or they're afraid of it. And I'm not saying that there's not certain prerequisites to prepare the body to train under loads in some of these rotational movements or utilize tools like the Bulgarian bag. But by and large, rotational movements should have, in my honest opinion, a, a strong, strong, strong place in our conditioning routines. And so when you take, for example, the different training tools that you're going to see in a gym or in your home gym or in a hotel gym, typically you're going to see either dumbbells or barbells. Now you're going to be more oftentimes seeing kettlebells. Uh, it's rare that you'll see a Bulgarian bag. I mean, I've been in some commercial gyms, I think like uh, Crunch Fitness or something like that in San Francisco that I saw a stack of bags. It's going to be rare. And so even if you wanted to use rotational movements with load, so many of the training tools that you're going to find in gyms, like barbells especially, are just not suited for rotational movements. Like you're not going to do a bunch of rotation with a barbell. Typically, you're going to do squats, you're going to do deadlifts, you're going to do curls, you're going to do presses. And so sometimes it's really understanding that not any tool, for example, is better than the other, but there's going to be certain tools that you need to keep in mind if you want to uh, achieve specific results. And so, for example, a barbell is amazing if you want to develop levels of absolute strength or one rep max strength or just increase your strength and power. So, for example, the reason why a barbell is so good for that is because you can incrementally load it. You can stack on more and more and more plates, whether you wanted to do 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 300 pounds, 400 pounds, 500 pounds. You can do that with a barbell and you can't really necessarily basically load that heavy with a Bulgarian bag, a kettlebell, or even a dumbbell. And so if you're going to use a barbell, it's fantastic. I would say for more simple bread and butter, strength movements, some power movements, but movements that are, I don't want to say not complex, but less complex in terms of the integration between movement planes, uh, movement patterns, for example, 
And then if you move to a dumbbell, dumbbell is now, now you're adding in what's called unilateral training. And so if there's an imbalance between the left and the right side of the body, if you were doing, for example, a bench press with a barbell, you wouldn't really get to tell. Like if my right arm is way stronger than my left, I wouldn't really be able to tell that if I was doing a bench press with a barbell. But if I do that with a dumbbell, it's going to be magnified or I'm really going to get to see that imbalance. And a dumbbell, I can start doing more quote-unquote functional movements or movements that challenge our body more in the realm of what we're going to tend to see in a lot of sport, work, activities that combine movement planes, that combine movement patterns. And then if we look at a kettlebell and a Bulgarian bag, now we're getting even more integrated. And so a lot of the rotational movements are integrated movements. In my opinion, there's a place for integrated movements and there's a place for isolated movements. A lot of time you'll hear different camps, oh, it's all about uh, integrated functional training or we got to do a lot of the isolation work. In my opinion, you need them both. And I've kind of gone through different waves and different... Um, I don't want to say belief systems, but I've gone through different seeing the value in both. And really where I'm at now is I, I absolutely do both in a lot of my training routines. The isolated movements helps me focus and bring up weak points, especially focusing on the nitty gritty details and really conditioning different, different um, positions, different ranges. Uh, getting very specific on what are the weakest, weakest parts of the muscles and focusing more with, let's just say, a microscope view. And then with that, as I'm bringing up weak points, I can zoom out and do more what we call global movements or gross movements. Those are bigger movements. Those are the ones that are going to, again, train more um, multiple plane movements. Oftentimes, they're going to encompass multiple or any one of the primal movement patterns. And that was a term coined first by Paul Cech. And that's also a big place. When you look at the primal movement patterns, the patterns of movement that we evolved uh, based off of necessity to do to survive our environments, there's seven of them. So you have squatting, lunging, bending, pushing, pulling, uh, the gait pattern, um, and then of course you have rotation. I think I listed all seven and twisting or rotating is one of the primal movement patterns. And so you can take damn near any, you can break down the component parts to damn near any movement that you're going to do in daily life. And you can break it down into its primal movement components. So I used the example earlier of, this is a common one that, uh, for example, Paul would use in some of his courses at the Czech Institute. If you were to take a pitcher throwing a baseball. So when he's on the pitching mound, what he does is he first holds the ball to in with his glove at his let's say chest or waist level, he lifts one leg. And as he lifts one leg, what is he doing? He's beginning to push off of the opposite leg. He's moving into what would be considered a lunge pattern. And then he's rotating the trunk. And then as he releases the ball, the, the throw itself would be, let's just say, a derivative of the push pattern. So you can take something like throwing a ball or a pitcher throwing a, a baseball, for example, and you can see within that movement, you've got lunging, lunging, you've got twisting, and you've got pushing. And so to be an effective thrower, if you want to uh, play softball with your kids, if you want to throw the ball with your kids as you get older in life, or you just want to do so at a very good level and not hopefully get injured, 
then you're going to have to have those three primal movement patterns established. You have to train them because if you don't, when you get into those positions, the body more than likely, especially if you have some restriction or old injuries, the body's not really, the nervous system really isn't going to feel safe in those positions. So it's really important. And this brings back to the necessity of adding in rotation to our training because so many of the movements in daily life or in the activities that so many of us love to do require that. The other thing that I love about uh, rotation training, or and this is really highlighted with the Bulgarian bag, is I just really feel that um, my level of, I'm just going to say physical capacity as a human being goes up. When I'm picking up Luca, when I'm moving his stroller, or picking up his little, one of his little, um, I don't even know what they're called, all these new baby baby devices. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. But when I'm lifting in these awkward positions, I feel like a more strong, capable person. I feel more resilient. And I remember in the past, and I've had multiple conversations with people like Justin Bryan, who's been on the PATH podcast, who's an Aldoa certifying instructor. You know, he's told me the same thing. When we focus purely on isolation movements, not that there's not a time and a place for it, but when we're not using integrated movements that incorporate that rotational element, element. And the Bulgarian bag highlights this so perfectly. I just feel, and he said this too, I just feel a little less confident and comfortable in my body. But when I'm training rotation, when I'm training lateral movement, when I'm using tools like the Bulgarian bag and even the kettlebell, I feel way more able to take on life and really perform whatever it is I want to do and to do so uh, with confidence. And I think that's a really important element in any of our fitness routines. We have to ask ourselves, why are we doing this workout program? Or why are we doing this movement? And certainly, if you've got a specific goal, like a sport, or you want to, I don't know, increase your one rep max on a, on a lift like the bench press, like it can be very objective. And I think that's very important. But we can't forget the subjective qualities of what we want this program to do. One of the biggest reasons why I love training is because I just feel more um, solid in my body. It, it immediately affects my mental emotional state, my level of just groundedness, happiness. And so when I'm training, and especially when I'm training and feeling like it's moving me forward towards greater levels of athleticism, greater levels of performance, for me, that's what's most important to me. So depending on what your goals are and what you're looking at out of a fitness program or a workout program, irregardless of honestly the goal, I would highly recommend incorporating some form of rotation training, lateral movement training, something that gets us out of linear, out of moving in a straight line. Again, not that that doesn't have a time and a place, but if the majority of our training programs just happens front to back with the squat, the bench, and the deadlift, again, you can get really strong, but at least what I've noticed within my own personal experience, when I've tried to do things in daily life, and there's a lot of things that require more athleticism. So balance, agility, speed, coordination, power. Uh, I don't even remember if I mentioned strength, but a lot of these other qualities through multiple planes of movement, again, sagittal, frontal, and transverse, 
we're going to need to have training that's a little bit more sophisticated. And so I hope today's podcast uh, was interesting. This was just something that came up and it all started with the humbling moment uh, going back to my first Bulgarian bag workshop and how sore I was realizing that even though I thought I was really strong, man, was I in for a wild surprise when I realized, oh my gosh, when you take me out of my comfort zone, when you challenge me in movements and with tools like the Bulgarian bag that are going to challenge me in ways that I'm not accustomed to, that I don't train, it really exposes weaknesses. And you know, no one can be uh, excellent at everything, but it was so apparent at how much of an imbalance there was training with this tool in rotational movements, in side-to-side movements, that I was like, oh man, this really piqued my interest. It exposed a weakness. And now it's my job as, as a coach, as a lifter, as a human being who wants to move through life without restriction, who wants to move through life with greater confidence, with greater ease, with a higher level of skill, I better start incorporating movements that train rotation. So uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out. Uh, there's things like Bulgarian back certifications that I run. The next one will be August 26th at the Onnit Gym in Texas. That's just one way to connect with me if you wanted to learn that tool. But there's so many other ways. And at the end of the day, if you're taking any bit of today's information and applying it to your training, hopefully in a methodical way, in a thoughtful way, in an intentional way, then I am super happy and I wish you all the best in your training and your goals today. Much love, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path, and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours.